0: welcome back to another episode of influence hey joss
1: hi jen how are you
0: i'm really really well how are you i'm
1: good i'm good it's monday it's the start of the week you know good vibes good vibes all around
0: you know what i'm glad you're saying it because this morning when i woke up it was like rainy and disgusting and now it's super lightened up it looks like it's going to be a really nice evening it's cooled off a little bit because it rained and i'm like you know what I'm gonna have a good rest of the day. And you're right, it is Monday. It felt very Monday like this morning, but I'm very happy it is no longer feeling that way. Um, so Joss, we uh we've been dying to do an episode to talk about weddings. I think actually after we did that that episode of Am I the Asshole, where we talked about some wedding stuff, and we were just like, this is such a fun topic. I mean, I think for you and I, we can say this is fun because like you're married. I'm going through all of my friends getting married. I hope to be married at some point, like all of these things. And we're at this very like pivotal point in our lives where this is like everyone's big deal.
1: Oh, absolutely. No. I mean, back to the Am I the Asshole episode, that was, if people haven't listened, that was in season one. I think that was one of our like first 10 episodes. And we have been talking every week about having a wedding episode and it was always like what do we talk about? Like, are are all our friends who are getting married, like going to be offended? Like are like what we didn't know what the episode was going to be. We just knew we needed to talk about weddings because it is such a pivotal thing happening in both of our lives and like this age group that we're in. Um, but yeah, super excited. Um, for context, yes, I am married. I had a wedding planned, a destination wedding in Austria for the beginning of 2020 march or march end of march 2020 it didn't happen which is fine um so my husband and i eloped um so i have not had an actual wedding although i did plan for one um and then i just ended up getting all that money back um but that's where that's where my like wedding
0: experience extends i didn't actually do the big day but i planned for it right but then you also kind of like you you I don't want to speak for you, but you liked the idea that you ended up not having that wedding and you guys had a really, like, awesome elopement, which you – I remember you telling me you were, like, really happy that you were able to do.
1: Yes. I – like, I'm not just saying this because, like, I didn't get a wedding, but I I didn't want a traditional wedding with, like – a hundred to two hundred people, like I don't like being the center of attention in that sense. Um, I wanted something really small, so did Jeff. Um, so that's why we did the destination wedding. So that way it was an easy like it was an excuse to not invite everyone because we knew not everyone could travel. Um, so that was sort of like our way of having the small wedding that we want because um, if it was local, there's no way we could just not invite certain people. Um, but I find it very romantic having it just be you and the person that you're marrying because I feel like I don't know I feel like when there's a wedding there's like so many eyes on you and you're worried about so many other things it's not necessarily about like you and that person although that could be different for some people I just feel like I would be so focused on like okay what happens after this then we have to do photos then we have to do like food and then we have to bring everyone in like I wouldn't be as like involved in the moment had I had like a normal traditional wedding
0: but that being said, um, right, we wanted to talk about kind of like basically what you just said, like how the industry has changed, right? Because so many people had to change their, their, the plans for their wedding, the, the um, expectation in terms of capacity over the past few years because of COVID, um, how the future of the industry is going to change because of all the changes that have had to, like you know, be made for COVID, and then just like budgeting costs and all that stuff. So like when we were thinking about this episode, we we're like, w- why is this so different now than it was three and a half years ago, or whatever. So anyways, that's the setup. All that to say, Jos, please intro our guest. I would be honored. Also, yeah,
1: sorry. I just like brushed over the fact like what we were doing. I was just so excited to introduce our guest. Thank you for keeping us on track as per usual, Jen. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I am so excited to introduce our guest. So based out of Toronto, Alexandra or Alex, as we... um, have landed on because now we're all best friends. Um, So Alex is an accomplished events professional with over seven years of experience managing weddings and events. Um, Alex has an eye for detail and a proven ability to anticipate and solve problems. In addition to weddings, she's also planned events for the National Ballet of Canada, the Canadian Opera Company, and the Mississauga Festival Choir. Her work has also been featured in Junebug Weddings, which I absolutely love, and Wedding Bells Magazine. Hi, Alex. Welcome
2: hello thank you for having me this is exciting we're this
1: so excited so to have you.
0: and like this honestly is like a dream come true for us to talk about this on the podcast because like it's just such a topic of conversation for all of us all the time anyways um so alex okay what is the industry like like summer 2022 what is the wedding industry looking like these days
2: um really busy, <laughs> like really, really busy. The wedding season is always a whirlwind because people want warmer weather, so it's, it's a very condensed working schedule, but being that this is our first relatively normal uh, summer since the pandemic started, the wedding industry as a whole across the board is is busy. Um, every vendor that I know, Photography Flowers, their schedule is, is packed uh, to the point that I typically don't take on multiple events in a weekend. Uh, And this year I've had multiple events on the same day. So I had to bring in a secondary person because there is such a demand because you've got events that have been postponed two, three, four times. But at the same time, we have people who only got engaged last year and they both deserve special, wonderful days. You know, I, I obviously want the people whose weddings that have been canceled to be amazing for them. But just because your wedding wasn't canceled and you happen to be getting married, you know, within a year of your engagement, doesn't mean that your wedding today, it shouldn't also be special. So it's, it's very, very busy. Um, that said, yes, we are overworked and we're all very tired. Um, there is a gratitude now. Uh, and I don't know if everyone else feels this way, but at the events that I have had the pleasure of working, there's something different. Like, Obviously, everyone was always excited and happy to be at weddings before. It's a wedding. It's a celebration. But the feeling now is, you know, it's that feeling. I couldn't be with you for two years. We couldn't gather for two years. Um, it's it's palpable. You can feel it. Um, it's this, it's kind of hard to explain. There's a gratitude that is just so magical. and And it makes those speeches just a little more special. And it makes those moments really, uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's so special and worth it. So like, yes, we're tired, but it's, it's worth it. At least that's, that's how I am feeling.
1: I love that because I feel like, you know, there's probably a mix. There's probably a mix of people who have had their weddings planned in like 2019 to get married in 2020 didn't happen then they scheduled for 2021 didn't happen again, and they maybe they gave up. Um, but it's so great to see that there are people that have stayed consistent and are like, no, like we want to have this wedding. This is what we always wanted. Um, and I imagine that's also because, like you said, it's just been two years of not being with your family. So it's not just a wedding; it, it's an excuse for families. To see each other again, to like reunite. It's not. I feel like it's also. It's more than just about a wedding. It's like a like you said, like a, you know, like a celebration of just being together again. Um. So, what is, what's? I guess I'm just curious. Like, have the majority of your clients been like old? Um. I guess like older brides or um that have had their weddings canceled and now they're like rescheduling. Or are they new clients? I'm just curious about, like, how many people have actually, like, decided to keep going through with their wedding after it's been canceled.
2: It's a mix. Um, I did about 10 weddings in 2021. So the 2021 weddings were the ones that were canceled in 2020. And then they decided to go ahead. But those weddings were very different. Like, I did a wedding... Uh, in June 2021, that was 10 people at their cottage, and I went and I set it all up, so it felt magical and special for them. But it was just them, like it was it was their parents and their siblings. It was it was their bubble basically. Um, and then I did an elopement in December 2021, where it was just us like myself, the couple, the officiant at a park in Toronto. We just went to a park and I built this flower arch for them. And people were walking by going, it was a Wednesday. People were like, what's going on? And I was like, it's a wedding. So I did have people who did their events as they were able to, whether it was small groups. um, Most of them were at home or in a backyard or at a cottage, that type of thing. Um, But I have had people it's about half. I have had people this year who have been waiting since 2019 to get married. Um, But I also have a fair amount of people who haven't been. I mean, one of the couples I did this year got married in 2020 and actively decided to wait two years. They were like, we're going to wait till 2022 until this is all over. Ha ha ha. It's still not really over, (laughs) but they still did wait two years. Um, But then I have some people who got engaged last year. So it's it's across the map i i haven't had it it hasn't consistently been one or the other it's very much a mix of some people who have postponed and some people who it's their their first go at it
0: their first go at it i bet they kind of hate that
2: <laughs> you know, some of my clients they say they're like i have ptsd because i keep planning and planning and planning and then replanning and replanning and some couples go ahead as normal. Um, mm-hmm. I had a wedding last September that she, they stuck to it. They said, this is the wedding we're doing and then we're sticking to it. Um, but the couple that actually eloped in December, they were originally planning for like a big 120 person wedding um, in a tent, you know, very traditional. And then what they ended up doing is they eloped in December. And then this past June, they had a 30 person dinner at their house they said their vows in front of their family and then they invited a bunch of people over and it was like a house party, a, a little more elevated than a house party. It was still their wedding, um, but it was not what they had originally planned. So ultimately, we planned three different weddings with them, um, one that didn't happen and two that did. It was very different what their original vision was to what they ended up having. But like you said, Joss, it was actually closer to to what was more authentic to them. So it worked out for the best, but was the journey to get there tough? Absolutely.
0: So where are you in that kind of conversation? Because like planning a wedding that gets canceled or gets postponed or gets whatever, like, I can imagine that feels, first of all, like really it's like it puts you in a tricky position because it's like, well, I've worked all these hours planning this wedding that didn't happen. And then the wedding keeps changing and I keep having to bill hours. Like, how does that conversation go with obviously without getting into the numbers? But like, I'm just curious how how I would handle something like that it would just feel really awkward. So
2: this was part of what I learned early on in the pandemic, um, I don't charge any of my clients hourly. I, which maybe is bad, a bad business decision. I don't know. Uh, but I don't charge hourly. It's a one full lump sum. So there are some clients who I give more of my time to, and some that I don't, depending on their needs. Um, there's definitely people who got a lot from me Because we were working together for two years. Um, but I did have some people who very early on said, you know, we're instead of doing the 100 person event that we planned, we're going to do 30 people. Can you charge us less? And at that point, I was like, no, the service that I'm providing is going to be the same, whether it's 100 people or 30 people. I'm still making sure it's set up properly. We're still building a timeline. We're still making sure all the decor elements, the personalized elements are built, come together, that they're set up. Um, Basically I work for the couple. So whatever they need, I deliver on. And again, nine times out of 10, that doesn't change with the number of people at the event. So that was probably the hardest conversation that I had to have. And I had to say, no, this is the cost of, of my time and my service. And she said, well, I don't think, I don't think it's worth it. And I said, then don't, Sign the contract, basically, was it was a nicer conversation than that. But at the end of the day, that's kind of how I felt. Um and since then I've added that to my contract. I've said, I can't, uh if the nature of your event changes, I will not change my pricing structure for you. Interesting. That was a hard it was hard to learn.
1: If you as a bride have a or groom have a wedding planner and you don't like them. You know, and sometimes that happens. Um, I'm sure you can fire them. You can break your contract. Does that happen in your case? Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, you have unrealistic expectations. I don't think we can do this wedding. This has become above and beyond what my pay grade is. In that case, have you ever broken a contract because the wedding just isn't
2: aligned with what you can do? I love this question. Um, I have not broken a contract, but I have definitely... So I... And I don't know if other people do this, but I offer a free consult call with all of my clients where I ask them, like, what are your wedding plans? What do you want to do? What are your goals here? Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Um, And that's where I, like, suss out whether or not I want to work with these people. Only once or twice have I met with someone where I've thought, this is not going to go well. I don't have the right personality for them. What they want isn't what I can deliver on. And so I have said... I don't think we're a good fit. Uh, may I suggest these other planners? I try and be helpful when I, when I, when I say no, I try and say no. But here's other options. Um, I had someone once who reached out in August and wanted something turned around in like two months, and I was like, I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Um, and and the level of luxury that she was hoping to achieve with the budget that she had, again, I was like. I don't think it, I don't think it was going to be possible at all, to be honest. There are definitely ways, and again, I'm, I'm jumping into conversations that we're not having yet, but there are ways to save money. There are ways that we can cut costs and things like that, but you have to make sacrifices. You have to decide where you're going to spend or cut and whatnot. Um, And this person was not going to say no to anything. They wanted everything, but didn't want to pay for it. And I just had this feeling that no matter what I did, I was going to fail. So I said, I don't think we're a great fit. Sorry that I won't be able to deliver on your event. And they said, thanks. And we moved on.
0: But good on you for being able to say that though, right? Like if you can look at it and be like, well, well, of course it is. But like, if you can look at, and I can like, I can picture someone being like, we want every chair to be made of ice or like something stupid like that. I mean, you also touched on like this idea of budgeting. And we also wanted to ask about that. Like, I'm curious, have the prices of things in general just kind of gone up? Because it seems like yes. they have. Um, yes. And then like the part two of that is like, what, I, I guess, what trends are you noticing on the budgeting side now? Like- do people have more money to spend, less money to spend because of the COVID stuff? Like, I don't even know what the right answer is because of all like layoffs, potential um, recession stuff. Like, are people even wanting to spend this kind of money? Because I mean, the wedding industry from what I've seen in the past number of years from, you know, the TLC shows and whatever else that I consume, tells me that first of all, weddings are expensive. But second of all, that like there's just a lot of hidden costs that people don't know about and that like a lot of people are leaning more towards like well I shouldn't say that anymore pre-pandemic a lot of people I knew were leaning towards that more expensive elaborate wedding because they're like it's a wedding you have to do it Um, versus now I'm just like if I was ever in that boat before I'm not But if I was in that boat pre-pandemic, I feel like now me and a lot of people would be like, well, is it even worth spending that money anymore? Because it's a lot. Like, I have people that I know that took out like lines of credit for their wedding. And I was like, that to me is insane. Like, that's ridiculous. But anyways, this is my long rant to being like, what has changed financially about the wedding industry? Like, what can you tell us? So
2: it's such a nuanced conversation, right? Like the answer is not going to be the same for every couple. Um, So in addition to being a wedding planner, I myself am a bride. I'm getting married in three weeks uh, in September. So. Oh my
0: God. We're going to ask you so much about that, but like, we'll come back to this.
2: We'll come back to it. What I can tell you is that, so my advice as a planner is like, don't spend above your means. Yes. A wedding day is, is supposed to be the best day of your life, but this is, it's so interesting. Your wedding day will not be the best day of your life because of how beautiful it is or how nice the photos are. The wedding day will be the best day of your life because you married your best friend. That is what makes a wedding special and magical. And like the moments that you remember are not when you smiled for the camera. It's when you were dancing with your friend and Taylor Swift came on and everyone sang or like, when you and your partner walked to the end of the aisle and were like, holy shit, we did it. Those are the moments you, that you remember and that make your wedding special. Um, so you don't have to go out of your means to have a magical day. But weddings come with a lot of pressure. Um, family, I find, is the the worst instigator of of pressure on a wedding day. You know, why, what about your cousins? What about your uncle Bob? What about, you know, there's so many people get added and people cost money. It doesn't matter how many things you cut to feed that many people now costs a lot of money. So I, myself, as a, as a bride, we looked at our guest list and we tried to crunch it to 80 people. 80 was where we were like, these are the people that matter. These are the people that we want in the room. We can we can justify spending the amount that it costs or will cost us for 80 people. And then we had family who said, what about this person? What about this person? They added about 15 people. So then we were up to 100. And once we were at 100, I was like, well, now I can't not include all these other people. So then we were got pushed up to 120. So then we looked at, you know, how do we save money? Where can we cut costs? But our priority, myself and my fiance as a couple is food. And so we opted to spend more money on food because when we looked at how much we would save, if we went with less, lesser quality or lesser, a lesser expensive service style for food, we weren't saving enough that it made it worth it to go cheaper. So for us, we chose to spend more because we wanted a certain quality or certain level of experience knowing the amount of, that it costs. Um, but that will vary from person to person. Another person in my exact situation might say, I'd rather save the five grand that that a cheaper style of service will save. Or, you know, we don't need four courses or we don't need an option. Things like that. So it really varies from couple to couple to to what choices you make and where you're saving money.
1: That's no, that's true. And I feel like it goes to show when like you go to different weddings and you see, you know, the food is elaborate at some weddings and then the decorations are more elaborate and the flowers are more elaborate at others. Um, Jumping off Jen's question, I'm curious. So I know, I know Jen, you mentioned this earlier, but do you find that there are couples coming out of the pandemic that are now like, we've saved all this money, um, not working or not doing things. So now we want to have like that gigantic wedding, or do you find that priorities have shifted and they're like, we don't necessarily want that big wedding anymore, or has the cost of like venues just like gone up? I don't mean, I think that's also what you were asking Jen, right? Like what is the cost of things?
2: Everything is more expensive. Um, in a lot, a lot, for a lot of people, or for a lot of the service providers, the reason it's more expensive is because they're making up lost revenue. Like I said, I made $0 in 2020 on my wedding business. So some photographers were working because they could do outdoor shoots. Some florists, depending on their setup, were doing like Mother's Day stuff. But in general, people were not making the income that they were used to making. And so especially venues. Venues are, are businesses. And so they are really making up costs, which in a lot of ways, isn't fair. Why Why should the lost revenue cost me more money? But also the cost of living has gone up, housing has gone up, food has gone up, and it's impacting everywhere. Catering costs more because food costs more. Labor costs more because minimum wage has gone up. Like everything is just costing more and more money, which is tough, but at the same time, I'm I'm charging more than I was charging in 2020. I have more experience now. I value my time and my, my energy and my skills more now. And it's, it's so hard because in a lot of ways, I'm like, I shouldn't be charging people this much. It's not fair to them, but not charging this much isn't fair to me either. So people who want you and, and value your skills will pay for it. There's definitely people who are willing to pay for it. There's, uh, I don't necessarily know that there's a lot of young people who have more money to spend. I don't think, I don't think young me- people have a lot of money these days, especially with the rising cost of housing and all of that fun stuff. Um, but parents certainly are being more generous, from what I have seen, where when they can, because again, they haven't seen their families in two years either. The reason I said yes to my parents adding the the twenty or so people, the fifteen twenty people to our wedding, is because my parents said. We'll pay for it. And so I was like, sure. <laughs> if you're going to pay for their plates, then absolutely. <laughs> Sounds still great me to money. me.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah,
2: right? Yeah. It still costs me money because then I was like, well, I'm going to add 10 of my own friends. I which, feel like that's always
1: the thing. It's like if your parents want you to do it, it's like, okay, well, then you pay for it. If you want it, then it's on you.
2: Then then you get into the, the – so my parents – my parents are the best. Uh, my parents are super lovely in that they – have respected that like, this is our wedding. We have our ideas. They're happy to say, here's the money that you needed to cover those plates. Go ahead. But a lot of parents will say, well, I'm paying for it. So you have to listen to my opinion. And that's where I see the most, the most stress, um, which is again, I'm changing the topic entirely from your question, but to go back to your question in general, I think the industry as a whole is leaving behind the idea that there's one prescribed way to do a wedding. The old way of thinking was that the wedding was for the guests and the couple were the hosts, and that's not what's happening anymore. I think that's why we're seeing a lot more elopements. We're seeing a much heavier emphasis on photography in the event timeline. We're seeing uh, people making decisions that actually maybe are not super convenient for, for the guests, but the... Of course, we, we want the guests to have a good time. They're, they're guests at your event. But the number one priority now is the couple, which I love. I think it's a great change. I think it's an important ch- change and shift in the way we're doing things. Um, but it it is impacting that bottom line, because if you're spending more time on photography and more effort on photography, that's going to come with a cost. Um, even elopements can be... Obviously, they're cheaper than planning a full wedding, but they're not without expense. Everything, everything's expensive. (laughs)
0: Um, So actually, on that note, I thought it'd be fun to play like a little game. I wanted all of us to think of one thing we think people spend too much money on at weddings. And this is not to drag anyone down. These are our own personal opinions. If if you are listening to this and I went to your wedding or I'm coming to your wedding, please don't hit me. Um, And it's only because like this is what I think is a waste of money because I've seen it and I'm like, you know what, I wouldn't do it that way. But we all have our opinions on things we wouldn't wouldn't do at our own wedding. So this is completely subjective to each their own. Please remember that. This is fun. Um, I love. What? I love drama. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to go first because I don't want anyone to take mine. <laughs> okay. Selfishly, I think a waste of money at weddings is wedding favors. Wait, what's a wedding favor? Look. Well,
2: like, a wedding favor oh. is like a gift that you give away. So jars of jam are really popular. I haven't been getting uh, shit. I
1: haven't been getting any um, favors at any oil. weddings.
0: What?
2: <laughs> okay, my friends are
1: cheap, and they're not. They're not because giving us they any are gifts. A waste. Wow. Well, Jen, well, no, wait, no, no. Your friends are
0: smart. In, is what's what I'm the, saying. I
1: literally have never been to a wedding. I think something that's common is. You can bring the centerpiece home. Like, someone at the table can bring the centerpiece home. Um, but, Jen, what's an example of a that, wedding favor That to me is that you totally buy? fun.
0: I like that. Okay. So, I actually have a very specific story about this. I went to a wedding a few years ago. I am no longer friends with the bride. This is not why, though. Uh, we just had a falling out. Like, that's okay. It happens. Whatever. Not a huge deal. At the wedding, they gave a favor that was a. Um, like some some sort of like bowl, like it was shaped in a specific way, very but like very generic. Like it didn't say anything. It didn't say like the name of the bride and groom, didn't say anything specific. It was just like a favor because that's what you do at traditional weddings. You give out a favor. Um, So it was like this bowl shaped like a leaf. I opened it and I was like, cool. It held my keys for probably a year. And I was like, and I was moving and I was like, I don't need this anymore. So <laughs> I went to Value Village and I gave it to Value Village. And I was like, I remember it, like it was in my car and I placed it at the top of the bin. And the guy at Value Village said to me, oh, we already have three of those on the shelf. And I was like, oh my God. No one can see <laughs> my face right now. But I was like, oh, okay then. I'm not the only one that's done this this past week. Anyway. That's sad. All I have to say. Wedding favors are so... They suck. Wedding favors suck.
2: I I, I generally... What I tell people is like, if you want to give out a favor, make it food. Make it something consumable because everyone loves to eat food. Uh, So like candy bars are great. And like the jams and the olive oils, if those are on your theme, those are great. But generally favors are are a huge money suck because they're going to cost like between three and five dollars a person. I was once given a a succulent, a little baby succulent at a wedding and it was so cute, but it died in like four days. Oh, what a waste of money. They spent they spend like five dollars per person on that Also, you have 100 people succulents supposed to
1: last like 20, a lot of money like 10 years or something like are they there's like little to no effort to go into a succulent so for you to like die barely have just, to water
2: them too yeah. yeah um but this is the cat i brought it home while i was intoxicated and i threw it across i remember getting to my hotel room and like trying to gently put it down on the table and it fell on the floor and then there was dirt and it it's plant that was a tough one plants are a tough one
1: yeah I'd be like what am I supposed to do with this um I would say actually jumping on that I okay I I don't know if y'all are going to agree with me on this one I feel like a lot of people don't agree with me I could care less about the flowers that you have i could care less about what the flowers are if they're real if they're fake how many there are i i'm sure there is something like subconscious when you like look at a venue and there's a lot of flowers you're like oh wow that like aesthetically looks nice but i feel like to spend all that money because i know flowers are very expensive um i find that a waste honestly
0: they are Oh, I love flowers, flowers, though. Like, they're so flowers pretty. Flowers is a really tough one. Right? Flowers like,
2: is... It's hard. I personally love flowers. It's one of the things that for my own wedding was a top priority. And I actively know I'm spending a lot of money on something that is literally going to die in a week. It It is extremely wasteful. But they're so... They can be so nice... But that comes down to your priorities. If you don't like flowers, don't spend money on flowers. There's absolutely ways to do DIY decor or or non-floral decor. But if you do love flowers, then they it, that one's a tough one because some people love it, some people hate it. Guests don't care, but some guests will. Okay. No writer, flowers is a tough one.
0: Yeah. Alex, what's yours? I was going to say maybe it's like a thing. like It's like flowers, but they go home with everyone. Like, that's my thing is that, like, I would hate for – because, like, you see those venues where, like, every table has flowers, but then you leave them there and they get thrown out or something like that. Like, I'm very big on, like, taking things home or whatever it is. So that, like, yeah, everyone – like, I have a – I have – I think I have a – dried bouquet from, like, one of my friends' weddings that, like, or, like, a centerpiece that dry, that I dried the leaves for, and I was like, this is super cute, because you got to keep it and whatever, but, like, you got to take it home, so, anyways, Alex, what's yours?
2: So, mine is, I think, an unpopular opinion. Um, the trend that's really popular right now that I think is a huge waste of money is a second dress. Everyone, I feel like, especially celebrities, I don't know where it started, maybe it was celebrities, getting a second dress for the party, something lighter, it's more flirty and fun. And I, I get that, like, if you're wearing a big ball gown, you want something easier to move around in for the party, but also wedding dresses are expensive. And how often in your life do you get to wear a gown, like an expensive gown? For most of us, I think the answer is literally never. I, I have never gone to an event where it would be appropriate for me to wear a, a gown that cost upwards of $2,000. And that's on the cheap end. The cheap end is is dollars 1, 1500 Some wedding gowns can cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And you're going to wear that only for one day. Already it's a short period. But then you're going to wear it for a few hours and change into something else. That just is, it's crazy to me. And I mean, people can do, absolutely do what they want. No judgment But you better believe I'm going to wear my dress until the very last. I may sleep in it. I'm just so excited to wear a gown. I Like, it's so cool. No, I think you're right. (laughs) I I love that. a, A gown is like one of
1: the top priorities that I would have in terms of like majority, not majority of the budget, but it's like I am not being stingy on the dress. Like, I feel like the dress is one of the main things that I would like budget for.
2: Okay, I have another game. I'm gonna host the game this time. Um, speaking of like where are you spending your money, I would love to know what your priorities are for your budgets because the way the way this is an exercise I do with my couples, I ask them what their top priority is and what their bottom priorities or their their lowest priority. And that's how we decide where to invest more of their budget and where we can cut costs or or go lesser on costs. So I'd love, and I can, I can give you a list of the generic ones, but I'd love to know for you both specifically, what's your top and what's your bottom. And then we'll, we'll analyze that. This is fun. It's like, we're, it's like, we're a married couple,
1: Jen. It's like, we're a married couple. We have to decide what we're going
0: to spend money on. (sighs) Okay, Joss, let's have a little couples meeting really quickly. Um, Well, no, actually, because we already know our, our, our opinions are different because I like flowers a lot and you don't. So, I don't know. Okay, fine. Can I speak individually instead? I'm going to speak individually instead. We're two separate people. We're we yeah we. Sorry, you go to first ask. we. Our marriage would not work very very long. Um, I'm not getting married <laughs> right now anyway. So this is just personal opinion. Um, I know my boyfriend's not listening to this episode, so all good. Um, I think I if I had the the wedding keys to the kingdom, I would spend money on flowers. I would. That would probably be like my top. But like, Kajasa's is freaking out. Calm down. Um, you, like you knew this answer was coming. Um, flowers at the top. But like flowers, like and venue working together. Like those two things. That doesn't mean so it aesthetic. has to. Like the aesthetic
2: <sighs> is important to you. The way yeah. it looks is is what what I'm hearing is the way it looks matters.
0: Okay, when you say that, though, I'm just like, no, looks don't matter, like, be yourself. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, a little bit, like, I just, like, I picture, like, I just, I love greenscape. I love flowers. I love being outside. Like, that's really important to me. But then what's not important to me, I don't care about having a whole bunch of people. If I don't like you, I'm not inviting you. If I don't know you, I'm not inviting you. I would... My family would never force me to do that. I know that for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I'd be like low end of the list is people I don't care about because I would not ever be forced to have a 150 person wedding of people I don't care about. So people you
2: don't care about, that that's an easy one because that's an easy way to save money is invite less people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Would you say that guest experience is a priority though?
0: Of course. Yeah, I definitely would want people to have a really good time. And like, no, but with that said, I'm, I'm still very much the of the mindset that like, I want it to be about the wedding, like the actual marriage, like, to me, like, that's like, that is why you came. And if I came down to super top priority be like, Oh, no, we're getting married. And that to me is really important. It's about the couple. It's about personal touches, and things like that. But Okay. Can we just, I need to stop talking. Someone needs to cool me down a little bit. I've never been asked this question before.
2: (laughs) This is what I would say to you. And again, sometimes I say this and the couples will be like, well, no, that's not correct. But this is what I would say to you. I'd say, so we're obviously going to put some money towards aesthetics. We're going to put money towards flowers. We're going to put money towards decor, whether that's place settings on the table. Maybe you get a charger plate that always elevates a place setting and Honestly, I would also, in that case, invest in a good photographer, because if you're doing all these elements, yes, the people in the room want to see them, but I feel like you also want to save that and be able to look at that afterwards. So I would put more money towards that. You're saying that the guest experience matters. I mean, it always matters a little bit, but the thing that matters most is the ceremony and the marriage. So what I'm hearing is that for the party, it doesn't need to be a DJ. It doesn't need to be... Like, DJs are great, and I don't want to discount the work that DJs do. They're incredible, and they really know how to curate a vibe in a room. But if you're not so fussed about that, then you could do a rented speaker and a, a um, an iPod, a, a playlist put on Spotify. Um, that's a really easy way to save money. So in, in your case, I would say let's put money towards aesthetics and less towards the things, uh, like the DJ, perhaps even the food. Maybe we go we do a buffet or we do a, a food truck or you know, we find ways to do food or you do again a less elevated meal like barbecue or or I don't know, pizza or nachos. You do something that's less elevated food wise so that we can really elevate the decor and the the ceremony backdrop and the tables, et cetera. That's how that's how I would save money on you, Jen. Or where I would spend the money for you, Jen?
0: I'm, wow. I'm I'm like sweating right now. I feel like embarrassed that I answered this question like so specifically. Um, <laughs> Jos, what would your answer be? Um, uh, I
1: I would say definitely the food um, is a thing, but I don't want the typical like five course meal. I want like the food trucks. I want like, like you were saying, um, Alex, I want it to be more of like a guest experience. I want people to be like, oh my God, did you see all the donuts? Like, did you see like all of like the tacos? Like that's what I want. Um, I would say food. And I guess like, I don't know if this falls under aesthetic, but like venue, like I don't want, I personally wouldn't want to get married in like a banquet hall. Um, That's not, For me, I would like a more unique venue, maybe outside. So I would say those are like the two things.
2: Yeah. So those are again. You kind of you answered this one for me. Like the food is a priority, but the style of food doesn't have to be elevated. So that's that's always really fun when you're not doing a typical sit down meal. That's the typical sit down meal is classic for a reason. I I am doing a a standard sit-down meal, but what's becoming more popular is the cocktail style event where people are, there's a bigger focus on standing and mingling and speeches. There's some, but much, much fewer. Um, the goal is to eat and to drink and to talk and to socialize. And that's becoming, that's actually the biggest shift I'm seeing in trend. Um, it was, popular a couple years ago it's much much more popular now and that's a way that people are actually getting more people at their weddings when you're not doing a sit-down dinner you're not bound by tables or rentals and cutlery and all of that stuff so you can invite more people and save some money you're not saving money but you can invite more people for less money if they are not seated at a table So maybe we would do that for you. Maybe we would do a cocktail style dinner so that we can have different stations or maybe it's food trucks or, or a big grazing station, whatever that may be. And then we would do, um, again, if you're thinking about client client experience, guest experience, then I want you to have, I would want you to have a DJ because the caveat with those cocktail style events is you have to transition kind of seamlessly from a cocktail party to a dance party. And that's very difficult to do without a DJ curating that experience.
1: Great. I yeah, will keep that sure. in mind for my my next wedding. Not my next wedding with my next or husband. Or when you marry I me. Mean like, no, no, I mean like my... <laughs> <laughs> the wedding that we didn't have. The wedding we didn't have.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Edit that out. Jeff's in the other room do, being yeah. like, what? <laughs> what is this episode about? Um, okay, but really, 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 really quickly, though, Alex, you're getting married in a few weeks. What are you most excited about?
2: Oh, a lot. Um, so, like Joss said, we are not getting married in a banquet hall. We're getting married at a um a, how do I explain this venue? It's super weird. It's a cultural facility owned by the city of Mississauga, which is just outside of Toronto for anyone listening who doesn't know. And it is a big empty warehouse. It's It's got white pillars and a bunch of glass windows and exposed brick. And it's very industrial, but it's a blank canvas. So I'm excited to see the space with stuff in it. Um, I've, I've only ever been to this venue when it was dressed for a Christmas market, so like with vendors for you know at Christmas you go to those markets and they sell you crafts and things. Yeah, Not yeah, crafts, nice crafts, um, homemade goods. We'll call them crafts. So I've only artisanal
1: been in there. Everything. I'm just.
0: Yeah. Artisanal I'm just picturing products.
1: like 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 popsicle like angels to put on top of the tree, and like cookies
0: and like saran wrap. Can you imagine. <laughs> Santa made out of like clay pots or something. Anyways, I'm sure it's amazing. Yes, go ahead.
2: It was a nice, it was a nice Christmas market, but it was a market. And so what we are doing with the space is we're putting up uh, some pipe and drape to separate it into three very distinct separate spaces. So we'll have the ceremony on one side, the dinner in the middle, uh, cocktails and, and the party on the other side. So I'm excited to see that come to life. Uh, our wedding is very inspired by coffee, so we are going to have an espresso bar, which I'm super pumped oh about. Oh god, that sounds great.
0: Your guests are going to be excited. like pumping at like 1230 in the morning. Yes. Yeah. That's Excellent the, idea. That's the
2: goal. Well, so we're also serving the espresso during cocktail hour because after dinner, people are so focused on alcohol that we thought it would be, again, a waste of our money to to have this at that time so we thought instead of cutting it let's do it earlier in the event let's have it during cocktails so our cocktail hour yes will be signature cocktails but also coffee you can get a cappuccino or or an espresso or whatever that may be and then the colors of the event are also inspired by that so it'll be lots of browns and neutrals and and ivories and champagnes and very warm warm colors love that
1: okay wait now i have to ask my very very last question i promise Alex, do you have a wedding planner for your wedding or are you your own wedding planner?
2: Good question. So I planned my own wedding. I obviously I work in this industry, so I'm not going to pay someone else to do what I do for people all the time. So I contracted my own vendors and I built my own timeline but I do have someone who is executing the day for me so one of my associate planners that person who I brought on to help me with two events in one day kind of situations she uh, I trust her not only with my wedding but with my life I love her to death so she is going to be executing our day for us so that I can turn off and not have to think like did the flowers arrive? Are they set up properly? Does the kid right. know where the nut allergy is? I don't have to worry about any of that. She will be taking care of that for us. But I made the plan. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So the answer is both.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though, right? And like I've heard, of, like the day of planner is like a is like a a, a game changer, just because, yeah, mm-hmm. like. You don't want someone texting the bride saying, "Hey, did the florals come?" Or yeah, oh my god, that just it makes me think of chaos, and and I don't like it. Um,
2: well, this is my big—that's my biggest piece of advice—is is like you don't have to hire me, but and you don't have to hire anyone. It can be a friend, but dedicate somebody to be the day of person because the last thing you want to do as the as the couple is answer phone calls and tell people where to go and, and help with things that you shouldn't be focused on. You should be focused on getting ready, enjoying your time with your friends and, and getting married, enjoying that moment. And it's impossible to do. And I will also say delegate someone who is not immediately close to you. The person you delegate to should not be your mom because your mom should also be enjoying the day. It, It could be an aunt. It could be a friend. Ideally you hire someone because I do think that there is a lot more I mean I'm biased but there's a lot more that goes into event execution than just checking off a list so not everyone has the budget to hire someone I get that but dedicate somebody to planning or executing the day because you don't want to be doing that
0: think I I think your dog agrees. He's like, no, I'm going to be sad if you don't hire Alexandra. Who knows? (laughs) He's a smart dog. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we've been asking you every question under the sun, and I could probably keep going for two more hours, honestly. But we know that we have other stuff to do, and I'm sure you do as well with a whole business to run. And your own wedding. Oh, my gosh. And a full-time job. How do you even go to sleep? Okay, but besides that... um, what is something, person, place, or thing that is currently influencing you? And we're all going to answer this question. Um, Joss, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I have been watching this
1: new show. It's called The Resort. Um, I watch it on Peacock. I don't know if y'all have Peacock in Canada, um, but it's like an M- NBC show. Um Anyway, it's called The Resort. It's from the writers that did Palm Springs um, with Andy Samberg and Christina Milioti. It's so good. It's this like mis- – it's like a comedy mystery sh- limited series. It also has Chidi from The Good Place if anyone watches The Good Place. But I have been binge watching it. I, think I it's, love The Good Place. He's so good in it. It's also such a – it's like a – It's the episodes are only half an hour. Um It's funny. It's – I recommend it. If you like a mystery, that's not scary, but it's also funny. So the resort, that's what's been influencing me. Um, I will pass it on to
0: Jen. Okay. So currently what's influencing me as recent as like today, um, I just kind of came off a weekend where I had a lot more time to read and I read a – or I finished a book that I've been trying to read for like the past like six weeks. Um, it's called It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Um, oh, my God. I just bought that book. And have you read it, Joss? Not yet. But oh everyone's God. been okay, reading no way, it. I'm not going like, to spoil it then.
1: They're also adapting it into a show or a movie,
0: um, one one or the other. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, I had never read Colleen Hoover before, but I'd heard really good things and heard, like, if you're going to start with one, start with this one. And it did not disappoint really really good book and it's funny like i was reading the book at the same time that i was like i was like relaxing but i was also like I was reading it before i went to bed and then it like became part of my dreams has that ever happened to you or like you're reading a book and then you dream about it like i was basically like dreaming about myself in the book and if you guys know what happens in the book you'll know that that was like a little it's a little bit like it's, it, it puts you in a weird spot, is all I'm going to say, to like – have you read it, Alex? Is that why you're nodding? I haven't.
2: I've read Verity, which is another Colleen Hoover book. Okay. But again, I have unpopular opinions about Colleen Hoover. She's not my favorite writer. Okay, wait. Can I read I, yeah, in and say okay.
1: I, I saw this tweet the other day and it was like, no matter how bad it gets, I am never going to bring myself to read a Colleen Hoover book. And I was like, oh, I just – I saw this tweet after I bought the book and I was like, is this like trash reading? Like, what is it? I don't, I don't know. But yeah.
0: Okay. It's, it's, well, this one specifically is definitely like a it's a rom-com mixed with like how they joke, how like, um, how some romantic books are like soft porn. Um, like this one, I would say probably dabbles a little bit in that direction, um and I've never experienced that with a book before and I was just like, whoa. That's her whole
2: vibe. That's oh, that's her, her vibe? Whole vibe oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well now I is, know that. Is it's like a little it's not too graphic, but it's graphic enough.
0: Right. But there's also
2: the the Verity one is a is a mystery, so it's like a thriller mystery. And it wasn't I don't know. I just expected a lot more from it because so many people were like these books are amazing and the writing was just, eh, yeah, okay, eh. fair enough. But but I I, I hmm. no I don't want to say that I have like amazing reading standards because that's not true either. It just she didn't didn't, she do, didn't do it for it you. For me. Wasn't
0: your cup of tea? That's, that's fine. okay. No, well, that's okay, Joss, no. When you read it, I'm curious. We can talk about it. Yes, and we can compare I will share. Our- Thoughts on it. I'll share my thoughts. Um, okay, Alex,
1: what's been influencing you this week?
2: I have been watching a lot of MasterChef. There's a new season. It's called Back to Win. Oh so God. they brought back all the old contestants yes. that didn't win. I have been watching so as well. Good. it's so good. It's so intense. Oh, my God. It's Are- so good. And I think the problem with MasterChef is it makes me hungry. So then, and my partner's watching it with me, and he is a, he can cook well, far better than I can. And so as a result, we've been eating better and we've been coming up with more creative meals. We had a really lovely, like, sweet pea risotto with shrimp the other day. And I was like, this is fancy and delicious. And it's because we've been watching MasterChef.
0: But- with that said, though, thank you so much, so for answering so many of our burning questions in this first version. Um, we'll definitely have to bring you back to ask more questions as the wedding season seems to evolve because, like, I feel like every year is different. So anyways, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun thank to have you. you. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. bye.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Influence.
0: As always, please find us on Instagram and TikTok at Influence the Pod and leave us a podcast review on your favorite podcasting platform. See you next week.